The following audio content was recorded at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit upc.org. It's a privilege to be here tonight. I'm not a Husky. I'm a Colorado Buffalo. Sorry. But I married, I married a Washington Husky. So. And I am a Husky rooter, I must say. I really love Husky football. It was a great year. Um, and I had one son who actually was, was at the UW. So I wanted to just uh, reflect on a, uh, a passage that you've all read. But I think it's such a great promise that God gives us. And it's from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 18. And Jesus makes this statement to his followers, to the little group he had, the little band of brothers that he walked with. And he said, for wherever two or three people come together in my name, I am there right among them. So it's a, it's a great promise that Jesus gave us that uh, individually we encounter him, we know him, we have a personal uh, faith in him. But something unique happens when two or three of us gather together in his name. And I'm hoping you're tasting that, experiencing that in your group, that it's more than just the four or five or six of you together, but that Christ is in your midst. He promises to show up in a special way. And I think that's the core of the church. That's the beginning of the church. Two or three gathered. There am I in your midst. It could be two, 200 or 300 or 2,000 or 3,000, but two or three gathered in my name there am I in the midst. Being in a small group has been uh, something I've experienced uh, for 45 years. I've never not been in a small group. I've always had a little group. When I was 17, I encountered Christ as a high school senior, and I got in this little group with a, a band of, of brothers and friends. And I would have to say to you that what you've begun here, I hope you do for the rest of your life. It will bless you. It will encourage you. So throw yourself into it. Throw yourself into it now. I remember being a freshman in school, and I coined this term. And maybe, how many, how many freshmen do we, do we have any freshmen here? A few freshmen here? Okay. Right about this time of year, I remember the freshman February funk. That's what I called it. When things get a little tough and the newness is worn out, and classes are hard, and there isn't a lot of pop to it. That's the time to, I think, with a group to bear down and to connect with other people. It will bless you. It will encourage you. So um, I just wanted to reflect a little bit on how I do groups. And maybe you've looked at this in Acts 2, but it talked about the early church. They did four things, and it said that they... Uh, gave themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. Now, for me, I, I grew up in a family that had a family Bible. We never really read it. I remember as about a 10-year-old leafing through, and there were really cool pictures, colored pictures of all these great Old Testament, New Testament figures. So that really didn't have too much impact on me. But as a 17-year-old, when I first read the Gospels, I was thunderstruck by who I met there, the living Christ. He grabbed me, 
And I got to tell you, 45, 46 years later, he's still grabbing me. Um, he is not worn out. His message is fresh and new and full of life. And the little group has been the place where I've been able to examine that. So I talked about meeting for the apostles' teaching, really to read what we have in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And um, that's a place where I think you can struggle with the text. I think the text asks more questions of us than we ask of it. And that's where I would ask you to, to be a student of this. Take time. Examine with, with as sharp of a mind as you can what the gospel says. And if you don't agree with something, say that in your group. But, but struggle with it. Enter into it. Let it impact you. Having a meal together, breaking bread, there's something wonderful about that. And there, it's true in every culture. You have a meal with somebody and you get to, get to know people. My wife and I were just in South Africa uh, last month. And, and I went there because 13 years ago, I met a Kenyan neurosurgeon on an airplane and we became friends. And two, it wasn't three, but two of us met together, had a meal, and read the scripture. And we're still, we're friends these 13 years later. We flew there because we wanted to be with he and his wife and their kids. It was meaningful friendship. Came out of the beauty of having a meal together and starting a friendship. Fellowship, and the group really spoke to this. You guys, that's the way to go that um, hopefully you break past the, the place, the niceties of really beginning to trust someone. In the groups that I work, we have kind of two foundations. One is confidentiality, that what we say in the group, we, it stays in the group. And there are very, very few places like that in our culture. Very few places where you can open the inner sanctum and say, here's who I am, and not be judged, not be kicked out, not be pushed to the side. And I think the group and really this little gathering of the church should be the best place for that to happen. John Wesley, who spoke uh, in, in the late 1700s in England, and I think history professors would say that he perhaps saved England from the bloody revolution that was going on just across the channel in France because he spoke to the masses and he set up these little groups, little cell groups that met together. And he called those little groups the little church within the church, the little church within the big church. It's the place where I've gotten to know myself, my faith, and been able to open my heart to a, a group of men and not be judged. Also, and maybe this is especially true for men, we, uh, we're fixers, you know, you know, one of you guys shares that you got an issue, and I've got five solutions for it, and you may not want those solutions. So to lean against that and to listen to each other, if somebody asks for advice, um, to, to, to give it, but if they don't ask for advice, work at listening. Work at being present with each other. That's fellowship. I've been in a little group upstairs here for 25 years with some men, and... Um, a couple of them were guys I probably normally wouldn't have connected with, but because of the living Christ and because of fellowship around him, we really have become brothers. They've really stood with me through some ups and some downs, and we've tried to do that with one another. 
Then the final thing uh, that the church gave themselves to was that they prayed for each other. And we've all heard the thing of, you know, well, you know, Chris, we, we better pray for him. That isn't the attitude you want to have. It's, no, Chris, I love you, and I want to pray for you, and I care about you. Do you have that circle? Is that developing in your little group? So I guess my question would be, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, maybe you could show me your hand. How many of you would like to be deeper in Christ, deeper in your faith? I hope it's the whole room. <laughs> I think the way to get there is to, to get with a band of brothers, a band of sisters that know you and you know them, and you're centered around Christ. And there's no better time than right now to do it. Build that habit into your life. It has blessed me. It has so blessed me for, for 45, 46 years to always have the little group to walk with. Um, I guess that would be my prayer for each of you, that you would do that, 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 you, that tonight you would say, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm always going to look for that. It probably won't be the same group. It, it isn't for me. You know, the group I had in high school, I've lost touch with them. Though my young life leader, I was on the phone with him last night. He's, he's still my mentor. He's still my friend. Hopefully there's a little mutuality there because, you know, he needed to grow up a little too. Um, <laughs> but we are brothers walking together who love one another, who are still in deep, deep friendship with each other. So how are we doing on time here? Can I give a question or two? Um, here's what you might want to just share around your circle. Pretty basic, easy question. A couple of questions. What are your hopes for the year ahead in your faith? What are your hopes in the year ahead for your faith would be one question. And what new learning about God or yourself have you experienced from being in your group so far this year? And if, you know, be honest about it. Don't make something up if it isn't there. But as honestly as you can, what's one thing that you've really experienced? So let me pray for us, and then uh, I guess we'll go to taking a little bit of time around the circle, and, uh, and then Ryan will dismiss us. So, Lord, um, thank you for the little church within the church. Thank you for your promise that where two or three of us gather in your name, you are there in our midst. You show up in a special way. And what a gift. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who leads us and teaches us and grows us. And I pray for each of these friends that as, as they gather with their group this winter, this spring, that it would indelibly place something in their lives, that they do it for the rest of their lives. And I, I know it's blessed me. It's caused me to continue to seek you and follow you and know you. Bless them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. In Christ's name, amen.